Well, good evening. It's good to see you tonight. Thank you for coming out on a holiday weekend and, and spending time in the house of God. This is the, the best place to be, in my opinion. And um, I'm, I'm honored tonight to speak to you about parenting. How many of you have had parents? Okay, very good. I think that's unanimous. How many of you are a child of a parent? Same hands, right? So there's something for you in this message tonight, even though you may not, well, you might say, I'm not a parent. Well, uh, there's something for you tonight, I think, from the Word of God that will be a help to you. And, um, and so I want to share some, some basic principles. I, I have a picture of my mom and dad up there on their wedding day. Uh, and um, I, I honor them because um, everything I know about parenting, I learned from them. And, uh, and I do, I, I echo um, that, that sentiment that the, the person I saw Jesus in most was my dad. And I'm, I'm grateful that I had him for as many years as I had. I, I have written on my notes, parenting, the most important responsibility a person can be given on this earth. And if you think about it, God instituted the family before he instituted the church. He instituted the family before he instituted the school. And uh, we often think today that it's the school's responsibility to teach our children, or it's the church's responsibility to, to give our children a spiritual uh, foundation. But the reality of it is that it's the parents' responsibility for those things. And I looked up... I have four, four or five quotes here on parenting from people who are in the world, but they're so wasted, worthless that I'm not even going to share them with you. Uh, I'll share them with you afterwards if you want. Some of them are kind of humorous. What the world says, how the world says we ought to be parenting. But I don't think we ought to look at what the world has to say. Turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 1 with me tonight. In Genesis chapter 1, it, it, it seems fitting that the a message on parenting begins in the very first chapter of our Bible. Because, and by the way, I am not going to be politically correct tonight, I'll warn you. Um, but that's all right, I don't plan to be politically correct. Um, and uh, what a, a lot of what I'm going to say to you is, again, let's, let's go back to the foundation. It is the Word of God. It's not my opinion. It's not necessarily, it could be the opinion of the church, but it's not about what the church thinks, it's about what the Word of God says. And I want you to see, beginning in verse uh, 26 with me, the Bible says here in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, And God said, let us make man, and that word man in the Hebrew is the word we would use for human being. It's not a male, it's a, a human being. In our image and after our likeness. And let them, notice the word them, not him, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man, again, human being, in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Uh, let's just pause right there and say this is God's plan to make a male and a female, a man and a woman. Um, I know there's a whole lot of confusion in our world today about uh, who gets to decide which you are. But the bottom line is God created you as a man or a woman. Period. There's no more discussion. 
Um, and I don't want to get into all that. I, I didn't come for that, and I don't want to stir the pot on that. But let's just suffice it to say that right from the very beginning, God has made it very clear that there are two distinct parts to a family, leadership in the family, and that is a husband and a wife, a father and a mother in in the family. And so we want to look tonight at the Word of God because I will tell you, God does have a plan for parenting. He does have have a way to to teach us uh, how to parent. And he has a, a template, if you want to call it that, for what it takes to be a parent. And so I want you to look with me. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, if you would. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and I want you to look at verse 3. And I will tell you that um, uh, my clicker is not working. So whoever's up there, I'll let you help me out. There we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. I'm going to use this uh, picture tonight. And by the way, just in case you're wondering, I, I've printed off enough copies for everybody to have the, uh, the picture that you see. I didn't create the picture. I wish I had. It's really nicely done. Um, but I'm going to use it tonight to preach from. I will tell you this. I did not get my message from anyone. I did create. The, the God gave me the message personally. I'm not uh, plagiarizing tonight. I did steal this picture, though, I will say that. I didn't draw the picture. But I like the way it's set up. Look at verse 3 in in 1 Corinthians 11. Paul wrote, But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. You might say, Jim, I don't like that. Well, you can't argue with me. You have to argue with God. I didn't write that. God did. Um, and he put a specific order in place. Now, I want to use, I'm going to ask David and Chantel and their, and their boys to come up here with, to help me out tonight. Uh, I want to show you what I think this is talking about. So if you guys, David, we'll let you stand right here next to me and Chantel and then guys behind. Probably we should go by age, I would think, boys, because, you know, you got to be, you got to do it right up here. So here's what the Bible says. In a family... God has chosen the man to be responsible for the rest of the family. Are you with me? Look at the verse. The, the head of the man is who? It's Christ. And who is the head of uh, uh, the, the head of the wife is the husband. And then they are in charge of the, the children that come. So let's say, turn face me, all of you face me. Let's say that I am the devil. <laughs> I don't like to say that too much, especially when I'm on the pulpit. But let's say I'm the devil and I want to get to those boys. I want to attack. Thank you. Very good. Good job. We didn't practice ahead of time. I just want you to know. So he's going to step in front of me as a father. He's going to stand out for his sons. Are you with me? Let's say that I want to get to his wife. I want to try to get to her to hurt her. He's going to step in. This is, the, this is the picture that the Bible gives us. Stay with me. Let's say that he's not walking with God. And he's not in fellowship with God. And so he has, his wife is more spiritual than him. He goes back behind her. Is this the order God set up? Is this the order you see on that verse? Not at all. And so I can tell you right now, if this is the situation and the devil attacks... She will do her very best, would you agree, to fight for her family. But this is not God's order, and the family's going to get damaged and hurt. Would you agree? Those boys need 
Uh, David, if you'd come back where you should be. Thank you. These boys need their dad to be under Christ. They need a father who is going to get in the Word of God. And I'm I'm going to go through some things with you. And I'm going to go through each of their responsibilities. Because, by the way, I love the Word of God. Each of them are given very specific things in Scripture that they do well. Now, stay with me, please. It doesn't mean that a man is more spiritual than the woman. It doesn't mean that. But this is the position God has chosen for each person. It works best in God's plan that if each one does what they're supposed to do, God gets the glory out of this family. But if one gets out of place, let's say that the wife uh, decides she's not going to walk with God and she steps out of the, of the picture, come off to the side. The husband can do all he wants, but he cannot be the mother. Are you with me? And those boys are going to suffer if mom's not in the picture where she should be. Okay, thank you guys. You can, they deserve uh, some, yeah. They were under the gun tonight. Thank you very much, guys. So here's what I'd like you to do. I want you to look with me tonight at each part of, of that picture of the family. The husband responsibility, the wife's responsibility, and the children's responsibility. God gives us a lot in Scripture that helps us to see what they are. Let's see if, there we go, my clicker's working. I don't know if you can even see that up there. Oh, yeah. We can see it. The, uh, the husband's responsibility. There are three things that God really requires of the husband. Number one is God gives him the responsibility to protect his family. God makes a man to have that desire to protect his, the things he loves and the people he loves. If, if a man is not walking with God, he will lose that desire. He will replace that desire with some other desire. That doesn't mean he doesn't have that desire deep in his heart. God makes a man, a husband, a father, to want to protect his family. Um, I will not give you all of these references on the handout that I give you. It's just going to be the umbrellas that you'll see here in the picture. So if you want to jot some scriptures down, uh, under protect, I put Ephesians 5, 26 and 27. And you see it up there. Now, this is a verse that is talking about husbands taking care of their wives. And, and Paul wrote that he, that is the husband who is following Jesus, might sanctify or set apart and cleanse it, that is his wife, with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. This is what Christ has done for us. And we who are husbands, this is what God wants us to do for our wives and our children. We need to protect them. Now, children, listen to me for just a moment. There may be all the children, well, you're all children, but sometimes your dad's going to say no, and you're going to not like it, right? Hello? You're going to be like, why can't I do that? Everybody else is doing it. And if your dad says no to you, it's because of this. He's trying to protect you. He's trying to give you a hedge that, that he puts around you so that dangers he knows that you don't see, that he sees, you can prevent and you can, you can miss. Now, guys, notice that this, this all happens by the washing of the water of the word. I want to say to you that it's so important that you and I as men stay in the word of God. I, I've often, I had an older preacher that said to me one time, convicted me so deeply 
He said, I don't know how a man can claim to be a man of God and not be in the Word of God every day. I think he's correct. So, men, I want to say to you, if you're not in the Scriptures every day, you need to get there. Because in order to protect our families well, we need to know the Word of God. Would you say amen? If a father is an absentee father, uh, this is, by the way, this is not an absentee father described here. This is a father who's vigilant. This is a father who is on the wall looking for danger to come for his family, for his wife, for his children. By the way, wives, there may be times that you want your husband to do something and he says no. If he's in the word of God and he's being faithful to God's word, you need to trust him and get behind him and and support him. Um, I will tell you that the, the evil that's in this world is coming and we as husbands need to protect our families. We need to be willing to stand on the Word of God. Uh, one of the things, and I'm going to talk about my mom and dad some tonight because they're, again, the ones that taught me everything I know about being in a family. I remember my dad, uh, we had some rules. I call them the Braceland rules. They were far more stringent than most other families' rules, in our, even in our church. And frankly, even within our extended family, my mom and dad had rules that others did not have, even within our family. And I can remember my one aunt saying in front of my sister and I, she said to my mother and dad, your, your rules are too strict. You're going to drive your kids away from you. And uh, my dad said, my dad stood up. My dad didn't speak too, too much. He was pretty quiet. He stood up and he said, if the Bible says it, we're going to do it. And that was just about what, it, what he meant. I mean, he didn't mince words. If the Bible says it, we're going to do it. And he, said, and he said, we're going to stand on what we know is in the Bible. And that's what we did in our home. The rules in our home were set. And I can remember asking my dad one day. I won't even tell you what the rule was. You might not even agree with it. But we weren't, we weren't allowed to go to a certain place. And I said to my dad, Dad, I'm just curious. Why don't we go to that certain place? And he said, well, the Bible says. And he laid out a Bible verse for me. And he said, if we go to that place... I don't think we can keep that verse the way it should be. And I said, okay. You see what my dad was doing? He was protecting me, my sister, and my mom. And, and by the way, we didn't go to that place. I don't go to that place to this day. Um, and, and I have never missed a, a moment of life's pleasures because I didn't go there. I may have missed some great pitfalls that I may have fallen into personally. You might be able to go there and not have that problem, but... I might not have that, that way, and, and my dad helped, helped me by protecting me. The second thing that the father does in the, in the middle there is he leads the family. He leads the family. Now, I know that this verse that I have up here, 1 Timothy 3, is a verse that talks about the responsibility of a deacon. But I think it fits for those of us who are, are fathers and want to lead our children. Um, it says there, let the deacons be the husbands of one wife, Ruling their children and their own houses well. The word ruling there is an interesting word. It's the idea of a superintendent, an overseer, somebody who is looking out for, again, it kind of go, goes back to that protection idea, but watching over, protecting, guarding, and giving help and attention where it's needed. And fathers, I want to say to you, this is something that's so important because we, <laughs> we typically are kind of clueless when it comes to what's happening around us. At least I am. Maybe you're not like me. 
But I'm, I'm thankful for my wife who, who would say to me when our kids were growing up in our home, I think you need to go talk to Amanda. I think she needs you today. And, and I'll, I'll say, oh, what's going on? You know, I might not even know. And Terry would tell me, well, this thing has happened at school. And, and so I would make time to go and, and sit. But it's my responsibility as the, the head of our home to make sure that I'm leading my family well. And so I would say to you that if a father fails to do this, the enemy knows the weaknesses of your wife and your children. And he will exploit those if you're not paying attention and if you don't lead. I want to say to you as well, you might say, well, and by the way, in in the case of my mother and father, my mother was the much more vocal person than my dad. Amanda can attest to that. Uh, tonight she she you didn't have to ask my mom what she thought she would tell you whether you asked or not she was very opinionated and she wasn't afraid to share it with you my dad on the other hand was the quiet the quiet person however when it came to leading our family my dad was the leader there was no question and he led in quiet ways but he led in very strong ways he knew the needs of us as children he knew the needs of my mom and he stepped up when it was time. And I will say to you, men, we need to be careful to really take care of this area of leading our family. I, I often have said, uh, my wife puts a great deal of pressure on me in the spiritual part of, of my life. Why? Because I'm supposed to be her spiritual leader. And she's always reading her Bible. She's always praying. She's always listening to good music. She just pushes me beyond what's normal. And I want to stay out in front. I want to be her spiritual leader. So I ask God, I literally ask God, help me to be my wife's spiritual leader. Help me to stay in your word. Help your word to stay in me. Help me to be sensitive to the spirit of God. Help me to pray more. Why? I want to be her leader. And now that our children are grown and are adults, I'm not responsible for them in my home, but they're still my children. Are you with me? And I still want to be their leader. I still want to be an example for them, and, and, uh, and, and I, I just think it's important for us to lead our families. Let me give you the third one. A husband has a responsibility to provide for his family. This verse is really strong. There are some really, really powerful terms used in this verse. But in, in 1 Timothy chapter 5, Paul said in verse 8, But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house... He hath denied the faith. That's the idea of refusing his faith. And he is worse than an infidel. And an infidel just is someone who's not even saved. So what Paul said was, if you're a believer and you have children and you have a wife and you don't take care of, you don't don't provide for your family, you're worse than if you had never trusted Christ. You're worse as if you, you never even had faith in God. Uh, it's important for us to, to take care of our, our families. Men, it's important you realize that what the greatest need of your wife is. Can I tell you? Again, if you want to know what is the greatest, and you can read all kinds of books if you want, but I'd rather come to the Word of God. Amen? The Bible, by the descriptions that the Bible gives for the responsibilities of a husband, remember uh, Ephesians 5.25? Uh, so husbands, love your wives. How? As Christ loved the church and did what? Gave himself for her. In other words, your wife needs to know she is taken care of and she's provided for. That's one of her greatest needs. And right here in 1 Timothy 5, 
if a man doesn't take care of his family, if he doesn't take care of his wife, if he doesn't provide for them, the Bible says you are, you are really a horrible person. And so, man, I want you to know, your wife needs to know she's taken care of. Uh, this may be as simple as making sure the doors are locked at night before you go to sleep. I know that sounds crazy, but I can remember in our home, my dad always went downstairs and made sure the doors were locked. And, and as, a, as, a, as a little boy who was afraid of the dark, I was glad he did it. I find myself doing that. Every night before I go to bed, I make sure the doors are locked around our home. I, I make sure that, that we're, we're safe, as safe as I can provide uh, for our home. I want to make sure that Terry knows uh, that she's taken care of. So look at those three things for the Father. He is to protect, he's to lead, and he's to provide. Let's, let's move on to the wives if we could. For the wives, uh, there, there are two things that, that are on this chart that are the responsibility of the wife. Number one, she's to comfort her family. And, and men, I want to tell you something. I have bad news for you. You are not the one your children will come to for comfort. Probably. Uh, I'm just guessing. Uh, the Bible says here in Proverbs 31, I, I use Proverbs 31 for both of these because it describes the virtuous woman or the woman of character. And in verse 20 it says that she stretches out her hand to the poor, yea, she reaches forth her hands to the needy. Now generally speaking, and I know that I can't say that all women are like this or all men are like this, but generally speaking, God gave uh, a woman a compassion and a level of comfort that men simply do not normally possess. I'll never forget one, one day I was out cutting grass at our home in Maryland and uh, we had a, a long front yard, and the, there was a bank on the one side of it, and, and our house was up against the woods behind, and, and I was cutting grass in the front lawn back and forth, and I saw our two older daughters out playing, and our oldest daughter, Monica, fell. I saw her fall down, and, and I immediately stopped the mower. I got off the tractor, and I was standing in the yard directly in a, in a direct line between her and the front door of our house. And I'm standing there, and I'm like, I have my arms out like this, and, and, I'm, and I'm ready for it. It just come running up into my arms, and I'm going to grab a hold of her, and I'm going to pity her, and I'm going to have mercy on her, and I'm going to love on her. And she runs right past me, just yelling, Mommy, Mommy, Mommy. Yeah, it was a pretty depressing day in my life, but uh, I've reminded her of that multiple times, by the way. But I'm going to tell you, mommy's the one. There's something about a mother's comfort that, that a child needs. And, and ladies, may I tell you, your husband's a big baby too. And he needs that comfort. Am I right, men? We love it. We like to be comforted. We like, we like it when we are, are pampered. Um, and of course, I know, ladies, you would, you'd like that too. But if a mother is not there for a child in those times that they need comfort. There's a huge hole in that family. Remember my illustration. If the mother is not there, she steps out of the picture. And by the way, I do want to say, I know that some of you here are single parents, and I'm not at all bashing single parents. I really am not. I, I, I know it takes incredible effort to be a single parent. But God's plan is for two. I mean, that's the ideal plan. And then when there's uh, adjustments that need to be made. God still, he doesn't throw you away. He takes care of you too. But, but generally speaking, a, a mother is to give comfort for her children. And, 
And I know that uh, there's not many people that comfort like a mother. I can remember I started playing the trumpet when I was in fourth grade. And in the early days, I was as pitiful as everybody else you've ever heard. It sounded more like a foghorn than a trumpet in the early days. But my mom kept after me and after me and forced me to practice uh, 30 minutes every day. By the way, this, I brought this up. This is in honor of my mom. Now, this is not the one that she used for me. By the way, I don't know that I ever watched her cook with one of these. But she sure could produce some heat with it, I can tell you that. But anyway, uh, but my mom, my mom was the one that was, uh, you know, she was making sure that we were in line. And, and uh, boy, I, I had to practice my trumpet. And then, and then I finally, I can remember, we, we grew up in a small Bible church. And, and they, you know, they didn't have much uh, by way of special music. So probably when I was in the fifth grade, I got asked to play a special number with my trumpet in church. Oh, it was horrendous. I mean, it was, it was horrible. And, uh, and, and I could see people's faces while I was playing, grimacing, you know. I mean, it was, it was painful. They were wishing they were in the deaf ministry at that point. But, uh, and I, I got all done. And I remember, I, I, I walked down to my seat. I was so like, oh, man, I'll never get asked to play again. And my mom said to me, you did a great job. And I was like, mom. <laughs> you miss a lot of that song right there. But you know what? My mom offered comfort to me. And I want to say to you mothers, there's something about the belief you have in your children that will move them beyond where they should go to where they can go. And I, I want you to know the words, I believe in you. You're doing a great job. Even if it's not perfect. Hey, none of us are perfect. But it encouraged me. By the way, I still play the trumpet. Thank the Lord. And a lot of it was because my mom just kept after me and after me. Let me give you the second thing that a mother does, and and I don't want to belabor this too long, but in verse 26 of the same chapter, she openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. And this is a mother, a mother has a responsibility of nurturing. And that's that's what I just talked about, caring for and encouraging. Um, God has uniquely gifted, I believe, mothers... You know this is true, by the way. Don't think about your, your wife or your mother, but think about somebody else's mother. And you see a child, and, and, and maybe you see... <laughs> I always get nervous when people show me baby pictures. Say, Isn't this just the cutest baby? And sometimes I look at them, and I'm like, I know the answer I'm supposed to give here. But God told me to tell the truth, you know? Uh, and I, but I still lie in that. And I, oh, yeah, what a cutie. And a mother will say, oh, they are the cutest little thing. And I'm looking at them like, oh, my word. You know, hopefully it gets better as they get older. I shouldn't say that kind of stuff. But, but a mother sees the best in her children. Are you with me? And my mom was the same. My mom would tell me, you're the greatest preacher that's ever been on this earth. Now, she was lying. But I like to hear it. And, uh, and, and she believed in me. And, and by the way, don't. You better not say anything bad about myself or any of our kids to my mom, or you would have the the mother bear coming after you. I can tell you that right now. But every child needs that. They need to know they're nurtured. They need to know uh, that they can come and and sit with mom and and just be cared for and taken care of. Let me get to the last group, and that's the children. The children here. Uh, I just put one, two verses. Ephesians. 6, 1, and 2. You know these verses. 
Children, obey your parents in the Lord. So there's uh, an obedience that is required from children. For this is right, honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. It's interesting to me to see that the very first thing God instructs children to do is to obey. And brother, you were talking about your mom tonight, even though you're 61, correct? She's your mom. And guess what? I don't care how old your mom is. You better obey your mother. And you better, you better honor your mother and love your mother. Both my parents are in heaven. Man, I'd give anything to pick up the phone and just chat with them a little bit. Tell them again that I love them. I don't have that chance to do, but I want to tell you that it's important that you use every day you have to obey and to honor, to love uh, your parents. And, and I know we have some younger children here tonight And you might think, boy, this guy doesn't know my dad. This guy doesn't know my mom. You know what? I don't care who your mom and dad is. There's something you can thank God for in them, and you can encourage them. And children, it's your it's your responsibility to to be obedient, to be to honor your folks, and and that's not just for older people. But that word uh, honor simply means to give value or place value on something or someone. And so I want to encourage you tonight. We we are seeing major problems within our families today. Would you agree? And these simple principles, by the way, nothing I've told you tonight has any, nothing I gave you tonight was earth shattering. Would you agree? Uh, but it's, this is all important. It's all important in God's plan. Now, I, I pastor asked me to bring the wooden spoon with me tonight. And, and I want to tell you, I thank God for this wooden spoon. Um, I was never abused as a child, never one time. But I will tell you, I felt the sting of this wooden spoon multiple times. And I'm thankful that I did. Because I've, I learned from a very early age in life that there are rules and there are consequences when you break those rules. It was my mother who used that wooden spoon on me most times. Um, it was my mother who knelt beside her bed and helped me to pray to trust Christ as my Savior. I knew I needed a Savior because I knew I was a sinner. I knew I was a sinner because I had felt the wrath of the wooden spoon a few times. My point is this. The world tells us, and by the way, some of the experts that I wrote down would have told you never to discipline your children. Let them express themselves in whatever way they would like to. That's killing our society today because we need some boundaries. There are boundaries that everybody has. And and uh, as we think about the, the challenges that are facing parents today, I want to encourage you to pray for the parents of young children. Pray for the parents of teenagers within your ministry. Um, it is important that, that you realize, as Alan said earlier, there are young teenagers that are going to come in your ministry. And by the way, young children who are going to come in your ministry here that don't have a godly father figure. They can find one among the people in this church. You need to pray for them. We need to pray for one another. And, and as we get, remember this order. By the way, this is the sheet that I have printed for you. Uh, and we'll pass them out. I didn't want to give them to you ahead of time because you would have known all my points before I got there. Uh, but we'll pass them out as we, as we leave. But this order is God's order. It's not a man-made order. Uh, you might disagree with it. You might want to argue with it. But again, you're going to have to argue with the Creator who knows exactly how He made each of us. God gave us strengths, and God knows we have weaknesses. 
And God wants us to use our strengths in our family to draw us to Christ. Um, I want to just really encourage you, as you think about parenting, if you remember my statement at the beginning that that I said to you that parenting is the most important responsibility a person can be given on this earth. I believe that with all my heart. Uh, I am thankful God gave us, Terry and I, four children. You, you have the blessing of having our youngest child here in your ministry. We're grateful for each one of them. But it, it, it comes with a price. And I will say that uh, in those years that our kids were growing up in our home, uh, it was difficult to, to parent God's way. But it was so vitally important. And I'm so glad that we did because... Uh, today we have four children who still love us. Hello? There's not a lot of families that can say that. We have four children that like to be with us, I think. (laughs) We have 13 grandchildren who I know they like to be with us. That's because Poppy never says no when they come, but uh, no, that might be part of it. But it's important that we raise our children according to the Word of God. I want to show you one last picture I posted this on Facebook um, before my dad died. The, the man with his back to you is my dad. I was filming a devotional for the deaf. And I, was, I would film these devotionals. They're, they're about three minutes each. I filmed them all over different places. And I tried to get a nice background. And you can see our neighbors have trees beside our home. And so this is out on my dad's porch on the side of his house. And I would go out there. I set up my camera. And I had... Uh, plan to do the film these devotionals and I see my dad sitting there I didn't realize it but Terry had taken this picture from behind and I said I had to post this picture because of us filming the devotional scene posted on my website I said you see me being filmed with my dad seated in his porch swing watching and listening to everything I said Two things. First, the ministry is not always glamorous. You can tell it's not a big fancy setup there. But second, it's great to have a man of God. Keeping his eye on what you're doing. My dad stepped into heaven just a few years ago. But he never left that spot, ever. He remained faithful all the way through his life. 85 years, 60, most, most of his life as my dad, he never left that spot. He did for me what I needed a dad to do. And this is just not very long before he went into heaven. But there he sat. And by the way, uh, you know, I might have looked at him and said, Dad, you know, you really don't have to be out here. (laughs) Putting a little pressure on me, I guess, you know. Of course, he didn't know any signs. He only knew three signs. He knew I love you. He knew amen. And he knew coffee. That was it, all three. That was all he had. And, uh, but there he was. And I, I just, I thought of this picture. And I thought of the importance of this topic of parenting. Parenting God's way requires sacrifice on the part of the husband and the wife and the children, frankly. But it's worth it. It's worth it. Father, would you help us tonight?
we men, help us to be good fathers, husbands. Help us be good men. Help us to be faithful men. And Lord, I pray for the wives who are here. Would you give them, Lord, the compassion and the care that they need, even when they don't feel like it, when they're hurting or they have issues on their own? God, would you help us to be faithful to you as husbands and wives, moms and dads? And Lord, would you help our children, help them to want to follow you and to fall into line and to to be obedient to you and love you and love us and, and love, our, love their parents and, and honor them. God, all of these things go against the norms of our society today, but all of them are still true and all of them are still necessary. I pray you would work in this simple message. I pray you'd be an encouragement to the folks who are here tonight. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.